My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Indeed, it is Judd's Hockey Show. It is uh, this week, Judd and Declan. We are going to do something as we continue to uh, inch our way towards training camp opening. We are going to have today, Declan Goff, what um, I'm going to describe as a trust scale for the Wild. We're going to break it down by forward positions, assuming the lines that uh, Dean Everson will use, assuming defensive pairings, and also goaltenders. So that is what is coming up on Judd's Hockey Show. But before we do that, I want to talk about something very exciting, something that doesn't have anything to do with ice but has to do with water. Look at that right there. Uh, Our friends from Power Lodge and Miller Marine uh, invite you to celebrate with Power Lodge as they hit a major milestone. That's right, 25 years of bringing action and excitement to Minnesota as your go-to destination for all things marine and power sports. Just look at a day out there, Declan Goff, on the water. How Mm. beautiful is that in a Bennington? To say thanks, each of their locations will host a Community Appreciation Day. Join Power Lodge in Brainerd, Ramsey, Onamia, or Sock Rapids for great food, amazing prizes, giveaways, and unbeatable special pricing. For grand prizes, they will be raffling off a variety of Polaris ATVs and snowmobiles. Check out PowerLodge.com for event dates. Power Lodge, Miller Marine, Throttle Therapy is what they call it. I just call it a fantastic day on the water and a Bennington is the perfect place to to spend it because it's just my speed. And it's also a great way to get away from it all for at least a few hours. Yeah. Great time. Great time. All right, Declan. So let's start here. Uh, What we're going to do is I came up with, I basically put together line combinations that we have talked about that uh, the Dean is most likely to start the season with. So not the line uh, combinations that we put together with Jesse a few weeks back. Those were our ideal ones. Uh, and then we're going to do this sort of in a trust tree, one to 10 scale, okay? Uh, one being zero trust. I think these guys are terrible uh, as a unit. 10 being they're unbelievable. But the important thing to keep in mind here is it's the unit. So, and it's the assignment for which they they have. So like the first line to be a nine or 10 would have to be outstanding across the board. It can't just be Kirill Kaprizov. So this is dependent on what we think Dean is going to do. All right. I'm going to start with you, your trust scale on that first line where I have Kaprizov, Ryan Hartman, Matt Zuccarello. Uh, This is, uh, this is funny because it's the superstar player that's on here. It's Matt Zuccarello. Who's a good playmaker and has helped Kirill a lot. Uh, and vice versa. Uh, then there's Ryan Hartman, who I think people still have this great belief that is this 30-goal score that happened once. And he battled some injuries last year. He was somewhat effective when he was on the ice. But um, it's a less-than-ideal center in the middle of two of your probably best playmakers on the team. So it's weird how your flanks are pretty good and your center is kind of weighing things down. So to answer your question... Uh, I have this as just a six and a half out of 10. And it, it's kind of weird because I feel like I'm short selling Kirill Kaprizov. Right. But that's also where I'm at, where if you gave this guy a legitimate center, this line should be a nine or a 10. But I can't, I don't buy into this Ryan Hartman availability and this ability, I should say, not just availability, ability that people are just holding on to because he scored 30 goals once. Once. So it's Who's holding on? To that, besides Dean, do you think though? Like, I I don't think Wild fans are are fooled. Like, it, it's uh, when Hartman got off to a bad start, 
and he was demoted to a wing, and then he got hurt, and then he came back and was back with the, those guys. And yes, he knows what he's doing. So like he is a he's a very he's probably a reliable player there, but there's no dynamic effort for the most part. Um, I feel like it's the head coach who's most guilty of doing what you're talking about doing. But I think it's also a little bit of blind soldiers, you know, follow, following the lead of Dean there. And I do believe there is a contingent of wild fans who still love Ryan Hartman and think that there is a bigger player in there or as big of a player as that, that was that scored 30 goals. I don't see that. I think he's a very solid, reliable bottom six guy. And on a good team, he is nowhere near your top line. That's where I'm at. I'd love to disagree with you, but I can't. So yes, if <laughs> if this was just Kaprizov, my you, you know the trust is like a nine. It might yeah. be a ten. Right. Uh, he had again last season sixty seven games, forty goals, career high on the power play, seventeen goals, thirty two points. But Hartman, to what you're talking about, went from thirty four goals and sixty five points in eighty two games two years ago now to fifteen goals and thirty seven points in. 59 games, missed some substantial time because of an early season injury. Zuccarello is the other one that I'm a little bit concerned about here. So on September 1st, uh, so in a few weeks or a a week and a half, he's going to turn 36. He went from 24 goals and 79 points in 70 games to 22 goals, so just two goals off decks. But he dipped by uh, from 79 to 67 points in 78 games. So he actually played more games a year ago or last season than he did two seasons ago. And his uh, point total dipped by 12. He's not a young man now. My trust scale is below yours, barely. So you're a six and a half? Yes. I'm a six. Okay. Because I don't want to sell him so short because Kaprizov, you know, makes a huge difference. Obviously, he is by far and away the best player on this team. But... Yeah, when you got Hartman and an aging winger, um, and the other problem I have too is, especially when it comes to Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello, Dean won't break them up. Like he, I don't think was there ever a time he did two seasons ago. Was there any time last season, even when they scuffled a little bit, that Dean broke them up? So like, my trust is eroded when you won't try to you know light a fight i mean breaking lines up in 2023 is not news like it happens all the time so i'm with you i guess i think he tried him and boldy a little bit at the beginning of last year because i was pulling for that but it, did, it didn't last very long yeah didn't last all right second line matthew boldy the aforementioned jewel erickson eck and marcus johansson Mojo. trust Mojo. scale uh, this is a solid seven and a half for me. I really, really like this line. I think it's a solid line. Uh, I like Matt Boldy. Uh, I think Marcus Johansson, if you get the iteration that was here, this last uh, post-trade deadline, and then you have Joel Erickson Eck, who is your best center. I really like this line. I might even be selling it short at seven and a half. Um, but I, I think uh, it's a pretty solid line. It's their best one, I think, rounded, well-rounded line from left, middle, and right. Um, and for me, it's a seven and a half out of 10. I'm going with slightly below you, but again, not by much a seven Boldy had 31 goals. So, and, and look, if, if we were talking playoffs here, this goes way down probably, uh, b- because in particular, 
Matthew Boldy had no goals in six games, but he had 31 regular season goals. Eck has 49 goals over the past two years and 24 on the power play. He's turned himself into, and not breaking news, a heck of a player. Yeah. Uh, Johansson had six goals in 20 games in the regular season, and then he kicked in actually two more in the six games against Dallas. A very solid seven. I think that this line, as a whole, I feel a lot better about this line across the board than I do the first line. Because if you have this line together, I think you know what you're going to get. I think you know what you're going to get from Kaprizov, but on that first line, I'm not so sure that you know exactly what you're going to get from the center. And you certainly don't know, again, what an aging Zuccarello is going to give you. So seven and a half from you, seven for me, but the trust scale definitely is stronger there. All right, the third line, Marcus Foligno, Frederick Everson. I mean, Goudreau, Goudreau. Dean's son, and Brandon Duhame. Trust scale, mm-hmm. and, and again, just to remind folks, this is a trust scale of what their assignment is, too. So the first line has more yeah. of an expectation because they're getting, you know, they're getting shut down lines against them. So Felino, Goudreau, Duhame, third line trust scale. Seven. That's a solid seven. Um, again, what is it being asked to do? What are what is the ability of those players and for me, this is just a really fine seven. This is an ideal bottom six kind of line, in my opinion. Um, now, Felino kind of came down to earth after being, again, kind of a one-hit offensive hit wonder uh, two seasons ago. But mm-hmm. I think what we saw from last year, Felino and seasons prior, is that's who Marcus Felino is. Again, he's not this 20-goal scorer that's just waiting to erupt. He was a former first-round pick. I don't think he's necessarily hit the, maybe the projected ceiling of him being a first round pick, but he has turned himself into a more than capable, very solid NHL player. It's kind of a heartbeat guy of this team too. Uh, but in general, between him and Goudreau, I think this is also just a solid seven for me. I'll slightly up you again. Oh, in, in, instead of being below you, I will up you and I will give them a seven and one half. And here's why I think for their assignment, they'll be good. Um, I think for their assignments that they actually Goudreau third line, I actually love, like, I think that's perfect for him. Mm-hmm. I don't like when, aside from the shootout where he has inexplicably become one of the best in the league. I don't like when a uh, uh, Dean puts Goudreau above his skis a little bit, which I think he does at times, but if he puts him on a third line with two guys on his wings that are big, that, you know, are certainly, they might not be, and they're not offensively dynamic, but they do their jobs and they work their butts off. Um, to me, this could become, if this is indeed a line to start the season, this is sort of a new grief line, right? Yeah. It's sort of a new grief line because I struggle with Erickson Eck. Like, he is very good defensively and he is very responsible, but I feel like there's more there. Like, I feel like him falling into that grief line was selling him short. I still, I'm still tempted to put him on the first line and leave him there because the problem with Dean is he's like, oh, two games in, didn't work, right? So I think Goudreau is, he is who he is. He's, he's a better player than we all thought, but he is not like super talented in game. That doesn't mean he's not good. So I think for the assignment, that line, Felino Goudreau, Duhame gets a seven from you, a seven and a half from me. And now we go to the projected fourth line. 
Patty Maroon, Marco Rossi, Connor Dewar. And again, this is the projected fourth line that we think Dean would, would use. So this just has nothing to do with the conversation that I think Declan, Jesse, and I all believe that Rossi should be probably top six to start the season or at least top three. But let's just say it's Maroon, Rossi, Dewar. Trust Gail. Four. Four, because, again, I, I just I don't believe this puzzle fits. I, I don't believe the middle puzzle fits between two guys who are really solid fourth liners. And as much as they don't trust yet Marco Rossi, um, it doesn't work. It, it Pat Maroon's fine on the left. Obviously, um, this fourth line could be completely fine, but I don't love Marco Rossi in the middle. And I know that's where he's projected to be as of now. I think in training camp, hopefully he wows them enough that he's in the top six. But if this is indeed the line they roll out on opening night, it's a four for me. I don't like it. I have the exact same number written down. I agree completely. I I just, you're right. The wingers, you know what? That's fine. That's fine. And, you know, make no mistake, Patty Maroon is there because of what he's going to do in in the room. He's got rings upon rings, right? Yeah. But I'm with you. If Rossi's there, I think it's a I think it's a misuse of his skill. And I also think it's probably a role he shouldn't be asked to play with, with what the expectation is. My last comment on this entire exercise is this. It has become it's becoming abundantly clear that Ryan Hartman is gumming up the works. Yeah. Because Eck, he is a top six guy. Like, I'm not going to debate that for one second. Um, he is a top six guy. Goudreau is a third line guy. Like, he is, he's Dean's guy, but, you know, serves that role perfectly. I know who those guys are. I feel like Hartman gums up the works because we're talking about him being on that first line because it's Dean's security blanket. But now we're talking about uh Rosie being on the fourth line, and yeah, I'm a four because I'm a four because I don't like that fit. All right, let's move on to the defensive pairings, which I think are probably going to be exactly this on opening night when the Wild plays. First defensive pairing, your trust scale on Jared Spurgeon on the right, Jake Middleton on the left. Eight. Very solid eight, and you can maybe make the case it should be higher. Um, I think from what they're being asked to do, they are really solid top pairings. The Wild are losing Matt Dumba, and yet their blue line still remains their strength. Um, you know, I, I have major questions about Jared Spurge in the playoffs. I think I've made that pretty clear yeah. uh, this summer after another first-round exit. But Jake Middleton uh, is a really solid, reliable, complimentary piece there on the top pairing. Um, if we're just talking regular season hockey and just in general how I trust them in regular season games, it's a solid 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'll go 9. I agree. In the regular season, those two guys are very good. Um, when you get to the playoffs, you're right about that. Jared Spurgeon becomes a, a question mark. But if you're if you're talking about if he can play 82 games in those games, he's going he he's very rarely going to play poorly. And I would say of all of the pickups that uh, Bill Guerin has made since becoming the GM of this team, Middleton is right up there. Oh yeah. I had barely heard of him 
from yeah. the Sharks. Like I, I had heard of him, but I didn't think a thing of that. And I and I remember when the trade was made, I'm like, really? I mean, what's this guy gonna do? He is um he is really solid. So yeah, I'm gonna give them a nine. All right, second defensive pairing, I think is going to be Brodeen, and then on the right side, replacing Matt Dumba, Brock Faber. Trust scale on Brodeen and Faber as your second defensive pairing. I'm going to stick with eight. I really want to say nine, but I just need to see a full season from Brock Faber. Um, I, I think he's the real deal. I think he's going to be plugged in right away, but I'm not going to make an assumption on a guy who has like 10 NHL games and basically on his resume. Um, again, I think he fills the shoes of Matt Dumba by tenfold. He is a, a great prospect and just makes the game look really easy, a lot like Jonas Brodeen. But uh, for right now, it's an eight, but I wouldn't be shocked at all if this is the number one defensive pairing the Wild have, just from a defensive um, defensive metric and just in general when they're on the ice. I have it as an eight right now. I'm going seven right now, but uh, yes, there is a ton of potential here. And I actually, so here's, here's my Brodeen question too. If what you just outlined works out, okay? So let's say, and it is impressive, that Dean Evason plugged in Brock Faber and left him there for the entirety of the playoffs. We all know that's not a Dino thing. Um, If this pans out and works out as well as you just said, what does this do for Brodeen? Because I will always go back to when Dumba struggled, Brodeen covered for him. There was times, I think I tweeted this during the course of last season, where Brodeen was playing a position and a half because he was covering for Dumba. And now Dumba, I'm not saying that this was the entire season, but there were definitely times that Dumba took chances and to assert, you know, in his defense at times he was supposed to, but I think Brock Faber is going to be far more consistently reliable. So what does this do for Brodeen and his, his career too? Because as tight as he was as friends with Dumba, I actually think, this is gonna going to potentially help him a lot as a player because I do think at the end of the day, Faber's gonna be a superior defenseman to what Dumba turned out to be. Well, it just it felt like Brodeen was always kind of, for the lack of a better word, babysitting. Right? Like he, he was trying to make sure right. the entire house isn't burned down. And uh, some was on purpose. Like some yeah. sometimes they told Matt to take chances, but there were also some horrific defensive yeah. miscues from Matt and then Brodeen, to your point, definitely babysat him. So, yeah, I, I think just having someone like Brock Faber, who's a lot more reliable and just uh, a really good stay at home defenseman, this could be a really good pairing for the Wild going forward. Um, again, I I have less questions about Brodeen in the playoffs. I still have some questions about him, but yeah. in general, I think he is probably the most well rounded defenseman the Wild have ever had. And uh, right. plugging in someone like Brock Faber from the Kevin Fiala trade, I think is going to be really solid too. So, uh, it's an eight for me. All right. So from two very solid pairings, I'm going to give you the third defensive pairing. Um, and this is going to be three guys because I don't know how this is going to land. But Alex Goligoski or John Merrill, who are left-handed shots. So one of those two, opening night on the left side. Kalen Addison, who's still not signed but has no options. He's just going to have to sign a right-handed shot, and in what the Wild, I think, before they benched him, saw more as a power play specialist on the right side. So two veterans, Declan, on the left side, 
Kaylin Addison, who has gotten several votes of no confidence from Dean and Bill on the right side. What is your trust ranking there? Out of five, and I think that might be a little generous. Um, I agree. That's very generous, I think. I think it's a five because I know what I'm getting in Maryland Goligoski. And again, it's it's not much, but I know what I'm getting. And then with Kaylin Addison, he's kind of the wild card here because if he lives up and plays up to the role he's supposed to play, well, then all of a sudden this pairing becomes really good. Then all of a sudden uh, you have three pairs that you can roll for like 15 minutes on average a night. Uh, but there's still a big question mark on how they view Kalen Addison. You could make a case he might not make the roster and he could be trade bait before opening night. I, I could see a situation like that playing out. But for right now, this is a five, which I know is generous. So, and I'm going to guess you're going to have it a lot lower. I'm going to give him a two. Whoa. All right. And here's why. Addison, unless they've changed their tune there, they don't trust him. And I'm not saying he's great, but I am saying his confidence has to be zero. So that concerns me. Uh, he he was, and they essentially acknowledge for the majority of the regular season the last year, he was their power play specialist until they went and got John Klingberg and replaced him and then benched Addison. Okay. The other thing, Goligoski and Merrill are not going to age like fine wine. I think they're going to get progressively worse. And I'm not saying that to be mean. It's just that they work great and they're aging out now. So I'm going to give them a two. two I don't. Man. Yeah. I don't trust them. I don't trust them. And I'm with you. I Until Kalen Addison's on that opening night roster, I'm not convinced it's going to take place because of, of the overall lack of confidence that this team has shown. All right, let's move on to the goalies. Let's go with the presumptive number one starter. Philip Gustafson, what is your trust scale on him? And and in this case, we will do them as individuals, not as one position. Seven. Seven. I have this as, as a as a solid seven. Um, I think Goudreau takes a step back from his statistics, but I think he's a fine, reliable goaltender. Um, you're not paying him a lot. Uh, you got great defense in front of him. He's not being asked to be a superman. Uh, so for me, Goudreau is is a solid seven out of ten. I can give you. You want to give me flurries? Do you want to give Gus? Sure. No, I'll give you flurries too. Yeah, uh, Flurry is a six. It's a six. Uh, he's great, great, great to have as, as a backup. He's still going to play, I think, a decent amount, assuming um, he's on the roster throughout the entire course of the twenty three twenty four season. But I have Gus is a seven, and Flurry is about a six. Okay, I'm actually going to take on Gustafson. I'm going to take the Declan Goff approach here. I'm going to bring him to, down to a six because of what you've ta- talked about, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. the unpredictability of that position and regression. And look, if he can stack years, that is awesome. But he came here as a backup. He came here as he came here because they were pissed at Cam Talbot. Now it worked out really, really well. Congratulations, Bill Guerin. But you've hammered home on this show so many times about the fact that you. that you can't count on last season transferring to this season with goaltending. I'm going to give Gustafson a six. Okay. And I'm actually going to give the flower a four. He turns 39 on November the 29th. And 
much like with, and he's a Hall of Fame player, so I'm not trying to compare him to these guys, but much like with what I said that applies to Goligoski and Merrill, um, he's aging by a lot. He's near 40 now. And the other thing is his style of play is sort of predicated on a young man style of play, right? Like for a goaltender in 2023, he flops a ton. Oh, yeah. He is not he is not Mr. Positionally Sound. Correct. You know, the puck hits me. And it's great. It's fun to watch when it's going well. But when it's not, I don't know that he can like that's him. Yeah. Um, I'm very I've become very afraid that the end is going to come and it's going to become very difficult for him to stop pucks because if the reflexes go, and I think we've sort of seen that a little bit last season. If the reflexes are going, going, gone at some point in time, it's going to be tough. So I'm going Gustafson six, thanks to you, because you're the guy that keeps telling me don't trust it, and I don't. Flurry of four, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But I was thinking last night about that style of play, and that style of play is a young man's old school, you know, flopping around a bit. And ooh. All right, the final one. Behind the bench, the be- the bench boss, the, bench the boss. man who the man who almost certainly will put Ryan Hartman as the first line center on opening night, Dean Evason. What is your trust scale in Dean? And I'm not just to be clear here, just to be fair. Um, let's keep this regular season only because that's how we did the rest of these. So it's not fair to incorporate the playoffs for him only. Six. It's a it's it's a six out of ten for me. Um, I don't I don't love this. I don't love Dean. I think he's fine. Uh, he wins regular season hockey games. He sticks to his guns for the most part. Um, but for me, it's a six out of ten. I think there's a lot of wild fans who like Dean, but at the same time, yeah. I've I've seen enough. I think I've seen the ceiling of Dean, and it's not too high of a ceiling. So it's a six out of ten for me. Follow up then. If I was to ask you right now, playoffs, playoff Dean, what's your scale of trust? Two. That's what I put two. I've dived out. Yep. And I think Very that low. might be generous. I think that might be generous. Um, I'm going to actually, this is remarkable, be more positive than you about the regular season, Dean. I'm going to go with a seven. To your point, he gets points. Um, we, you know, we had, if you go back, we had sort of the same conversations about the wild going into last season about like expectations. Right. And I think we were very much in the same boat that we are now, which is they might be a fringe playoff team and, you know, top three again. So, and I think the players like him. I think the players like his, I do think the players like his consistency. I think his consistency becomes a problem at times for the team itself. But I, I think the players, like that i will say um the pickup the loss of reeves from a locker room standpoint hurts the pickup of maroon is potentially huge because the one thing is if you go back to the start of last season decks that team i don't know why but they had no confidence and were timid and reeves changed that and then and then it took off i think that bill seeing that said i'm not going to allow that to happen again i'm going to go get a veteran player I'm going to give Dean a seven here, though, because it's hard to argue with what he's done in the regular season. It's very easy to be a little bit concerned 
about his uh, complete lack of success and how the team sort of falls apart, which is weird around game four of the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, it, it, he's I don't trust him in the playoffs at all. So he, he's a fine regular season goaltender, but or a, a head coach. But in the playoffs, I think he turns into a completely different guy. So, yeah, we'll see. I think he's well respected in the room. I think they like him. Yeah. I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't think that people um, sour towards him. I think he's a player's coach, if you will. But in general, I think the Wild could probably do better to get more out of that team, too. All right, sir. We are uh, done. Good stuff. Trust scale for the Wild's forward lines, defensive pairings, goaltenders, and also head coach Dean Evison. Uh, Declan, tell the people what they need to know, and then we'll talk to them next week. Uh, hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Of course, it's Judd's Hockey Show. You can find the Score North Twin Show. You can find Flagrant Howells with Phil Mackey and Kyle Tige also on this YouTube channel and on this podcast feed on Minnesota Sports with Mackey and Judd. And as Judd said, we'll be back next week. Pass, shoot, score.